real enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holler if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we live in. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Jabari Vok Podcast. Again, like, share, subscribe. Um, this, is, this is going to be another great episode. I have a very, very special guest. Uh, you probably have heard of her all over the place. If you haven't, um, she is incredible out there for the streets and for the people. Um, so I want to bring her on right now. Without further ado, Sibby Saves, everyone. Hey, how are you? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you, I, I saw you made a post about um, Tupac's father, uh, stepfather um, dying. Uh, was that yet yesterday when we heard the news that he passed away? Yeah, I found out about it yesterday. Yeah, a very... There's a lot of stuff that I wish that we taught were taught in school about our black revolutionaries and things that they went through. Um, and like I was talking to, to a friend um, through text messages earlier today about notice like how many black res revolutionaries are literally in prison doing time and framed. Um, and still the, the KKK to this day has never been indicted or anything, <laughs> but they went after our leaders so much. <laughs> And, and people wonder why we, we just have so much going on as a black people in this country when all our leaders are just taken away from us. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, some there have been some people or some, I would say, revolutionary activists that left the United States because they just they were targeted constantly. Right. And don't feel like it's safe to come back here. Uh, and right. there there have been even like on the on the politician side, you know, Cynthia McKinney left the U.S., lives in Asia. Um, you know, it's just, there's, there's a lot of things that happen to the people who are the truth tellers, the people who are willing to stand up and push back against the establishment and particularly government agencies like the FBI and the CIA, et cetera. Right. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's why I, I definitely agree with Kennedy was when he was talking about getting rid of the CIA, like that's something that needs to be, talked about 24 7 to remind people because i even noticed even people um like liberals basically use the cia documents to defend their case on certain things and the fbi documents to defend their case on certain things but like these entities are corrupt so it's just it's it they don't really have any legitimacy on anything um in my opinion <laughs> because no you're right you're yeah. right about that i, I think um what exactly do they do? I was just actually just watching a show recently called Fuber on mm -hmm. Netflix. It's with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's in the CIA. And 
there's a lot of CIA propaganda in that show. Like the show is entertaining, but it's a lot of the CIA are the good guys. It's that type of message yeah. throughout the show, right? But I think what people have to understand is that a lot of times they overstep their bounds. We saw this with the Twitter files of right. how they are putting their hands in places that I feel it really shouldn't be. And we have to ask ourselves, like, is it doing more good or is it doing more harm? And that's kind of how I look at it. Same thing with like the FBI. I feel like for them to come after people like Fred Hampton, to come after right. people like Malcolm X and we can't continue to say, well, we think this may have happened. We have proof now that it happened because Malcolm X's family is suing them. Right. Because they have that information. So we have to ask ourselves, like, are these agencies doing more harm than good? And from what I've seen, they're doing more harm. So I do agree with RFK Jr. about that, that sentiment that he has in reference to like the CIA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I got a video taken down talking about RFK Jr. Um, on YouTube which, you know, I'm not surprised about, but he definitely, I, I, I am worried about him um, when he talks like this about uh, intelligence agencies and everything. Um, and he's also rising in the polls as well, too. Um, he's actually beating um, DeSantis as well, too, when you compare the polls. Um, people thought DeSantis was going to be like this uh, alternative uh, and to me, he's a fascist alternative, but that's another story. <laughs> but mm -hmm. RFK is being attacked 24-7 on vaccines, and he's not even running on that platform <laughs> at all. Not at all. Not at all. They're just trying to find something to, to turn the people against him. But I think that the big mistake that they have made is that most like working class people actually are not, they don't care about that. They're not focused on that particular issue. They're focused on economic issues. And I think right. that this is where I think the Democratic Party goes wrong. They're not speaking to the needs, the economic needs of the American people at this point in time. They're focusing on particular culture war issues, which, again, like most working class people are not thinking about. So I think that if... If the Democratic Party loses in 2024, I think this will be the reason why, because mm. they're not focusing on the correct issues. Do you think that there's no chance that they're going to win, especially now that all of a sudden, like, debating is not going to be a thing and primaries are getting switched up? Like, are there a private company, people that that wonder why they're able to do all these things? They are, they are able to do it, even though it looks like it's not Democrat at all, but... That's, that's just, yeah. do you think that what's going to happen? Like Biden's going to lose? <laughs> I think if things continue with the way that the polls are right now, I think he will lose. I mean, the fact that Trump has been indicted, uh, <laughs> he has legal issues and Trump mm. actually, he increased in the polls after yeah. the indictment. So, and this is what I warn people that Trump will actually, actually look more like a martyr uh, right. If they come after him while he's running, because right. you have to question the timing. Like I said, it's politically motivated. This is not to say that what Donald Trump did was correct, but why isn't that same, that same, you know, strategy being applied to other people who've done similar things like Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton. Right. So they right. seem to just get away. And I think that if it continues on the path that it's on right now, I think that Joe Biden will lose. 
And I can already predict it. They're going to blame people like Marianne. They're going to blame RFK Jr. They're going to blame Dr. West for running and challenging against Joe Biden. And this is why I said before, like, we don't really have a real democracy in this country. They tell you that we do what we we don't. The DNC, they pick the candidate. They pick the people that they want. And usually that's who the donors will get behind. And typically the candidates that have the most money are the ones that win. Now, the exception was Bernie Sanders, and that's because the DNC did not choose him. Um, And they they would never choose someone like Bernie Sanders. So I think, you know, people are reaching a breaking point considering the inflation that's going on and the unemployment. They keep talking about the unemployment rate is is lower. But I just saw an article the other day that said not for black Americans. Right. So it's just it's economically they have failed. And so I think that you may see a repeat of what you saw after Barack Obama's second term, where there were people who voted for Barack Obama that turned around and voted for Donald Trump. And I've already had there's been people that have come on the show that that said that if it comes down between Biden and Trump in the general this time, they're going to vote for Donald Trump. And it's because the economic needs are not being met by the people. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's literally that type of abusive relationship that we're constantly in. And, you know, there's 47 percent of undecided voters here in this country. And I, I they're so good at just being dominant that that don't even like phase them. The idea of like the Green Party getting Cornell Weston and taking all those votes. But yet they attack him hard. So it seems like it is a threat to them even though they are fully in control and have this, this what they call democracy captured. Um, I just don't understand oh, the sentiment because I'm seeing podcasters all over the place saying, don't vote for Cordell West. If you want to win, vote for Biden. It's like, did they all get you all in a room and said, okay, here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't get that. <laughs> well, it's like the, the PR message has already you know, it already went out and it started to circle around all these different uh, liberal outlets. So like the nation and Jacobin or those DSA type uh, outlets there, they're all saying the same message and it's one after another. And that's how, you know, they all have the same PR talking point. But I think that people really need to look at the numbers because the thing is, is this, when people say that Jill Stein is the reason why Hillary Clinton lost, no. Uh, and they they forget to mention Gary Johnson and Gary Johnson mm-hmm. ran on the libertarian ticket and he got a significant amount of votes as well. So even if you were to give all of Gary Johnson's votes to Donald Trump and you gave all of Jill Stein's votes to Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump still wins. And that's that's the piece that they leave out. But also it's significant, I think, for people to understand is that the third party voters if there weren't third party candidates, those people do not show up to vote for the lesser of the two evil of the duopoly. And this is a a lie. I think that the democratic party continues to tell people that's actually not true. People Mm -hmm. who vote for Gary Johnson, people who vote for Jill Stein, if those candidates were not in the race, those people stay home. So the democratic party, and they know that, but they just continue to spread that lie to fear monger people so that people will stay within the duopoly. Right. Right. Yeah, they definitely do. I remember running, um, not running, but helping out a a, a Peter Gosselin, who's a, a a worker, a workers' rights lawyer here in Connecticut. Um, and he ran under the Green Party ticket for uh, attorney general, which um he he was he was opposed by a Republican 
uh, I can't think of her name right now, but he was also opposed by um, William Tong, um, who is the Democrat. And the the race was very, very um, close. And it was so close to the point that William Tong almost lost. And we were able to get 2,000 votes in that race. And immediately the Democrats were um, people that supported the Democrats. They came up to me and some of my colleagues when they saw me at the courthouse or something. It was like, yo, you guys are literally taking votes. No, no, we're giving people that don't trust in the Republican or Democrats a, a reason to come out and vote. That's what we're doing. That's what I told them. And I always think of that moment because it shows me exactly how captured um, this democracy is. And, and I don't know what it's going to take to break out of that, especially when you have people that love the squad and ACOs now nominating Biden. Of all people, you have Bernie Sanders nominate Biden. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that squad members have chosen to be career politicians at this yeah. point. Uh, you know, they got a taste of that lifestyle, right? So a congressperson, their very first year, they're making more money than a lot of people would ever make in like five, 10 years in this country. So they're making like a six-figure salary. Um, they get a lot of perks that go along with being congressman, unlimited sick time, unlimited vacation. Like a lot of people in this country just don't get those perks. And a lot of them didn't get those perks either until they went to DC. So now it's like, they look at it as though, well, if I don't go with the flow, then I'm going to lose my seat. And we saw that happen with Dennis Kucinich and Cynthia McKinney. It's true. Mm -hmm. If you don't go with the flow, then they'll just either put up someone else to primary challenge against you. That's going to maintain the status quo, or they can redistrict (laughs) your district like they did to both of them. So that you don't have one. And you can't come back. So there is no true democracy in this country. But I think that the squad members have they they've went through a system that was supposed to challenge and push back against the establishment in D.C. and the Democratic Party. And that is not what is happening. And, And basically, when you put someone in that situation, they either they either sell out and keep their their job and their perks or they do what they were they were supposed to do going in there and they lose that position. And so I think they realize it's much more comfortable to be here than to not be here uh, in D.C. So those people are never going to fight like these people. They're far gone. They, they really are. Yeah. And um, I think the right thing to do would be like organizations like DSA to push back against squad members. And I don't mean just write a letter and say you're disappointed right. about a voting, right. <laughs> a voting on certain <laughs> legislation. But I right. mean, they need to expel them. And I've said this very clear. We have AOC endorsing Joe Biden. We have, you know, Jamal Bowman endorsing Joe Biden, yep. someone who is against Medicare for all. So every single one of those members ran on Medicare for all. Right. So the fact that they're endorsing a corporate Democrat who's against Medicare for all, these people are gone. They've been bought into the system. And this is the argument that I always have why I say justice Democrats, in my opinion, was a money grab. 
Mm. I don't really feel like it was really going to challenge any type of power. And I feel like there's no accountability when it comes to that organization either. I don't see the people who started Justice Democrats, Kyle Kalinske and Jink Uger calling for Justice Democrats to 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 stop. Right. To just fall back and like, look, you guys don't need to do this anymore because it's embarrassing. It is right. really embarrassing to see progressives just fold and cave every time. But those people are not going to do anything for us. Ilhan Omar said in one of her town meetings that there are independents and third party people that you can vote for. So that right there lets you know that they don't care. <laughs> I can, She said that? Really? Oh, she my did. God. She said she had a town hall and some of the people in the town hall were really upset with her saying that they don't have the money and why, you know, what, what's happening? Why is she not doing the things that she said that she would do when she ran for office? Right. And so, you know, she got pretty snappy and said, there are independents and third party candidates that are running. You can vote for them. And the, 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 the kind of just like gall that you will have to even say that to your constituents who believe in you, you know, and like, I like I definitely see her as someone that I have held to a high regard myself just knowing her story coming from Somalia and everything and just seeing like how they can even get someone that powerful to just fall in line and and I I wish that people could see this and, and see for what it really is but you know we're too busy the working class like you said we don't have those those days off that we could just get any time or sick leave that we get any time. I mean, they even took that from the rail workers. So it's like, how, how can we get the working class to focus on this? You know, it's grassroots. I always say grassroots is the most powerful thing you could do instead of trusting in these politicians. Um, but it's, it's, I, I see that we're definitely not like how we were in the sixties and seventies. I think we have to like rekindle that type of fire. <laughs> And I agree. Captured. <laughs> I I agree, and I think that part of the problem is they weren't working class to begin with. And actually, Justice Democrats was supposed to be. They were going to try to organize people who were just everyday working class people and get them to run for office and challenge the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. Problem is, most of those candidates were not working class, and the ones who won. Also, we're not working class. They're part of the professional mm. managerial class. So right. even when people point to AOC being a bartender, they leave out the fact that AOC owned a startup. <laughs> she went oh, to really? Boston University. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She owned a startup. She went to Boston University. And I mean, like, you don't. Yeah, she may have bartended as well. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've heard from people who were a part of Justice Democrats and said that AOC lied. Or she, they were told to lie for her in reference to her biography. So she wow. wanted to say, say I'm a bartender because that sounds better. She was never real. Sounds really better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she was never real for, and then you look at, you look at other things. Um, you look at someone like Corey Bush who, you know, she's been homeless before. Uh, she had cancer before at one point in time. Like, mm -hmm. so she's gone through a lot, but even Corey Bush had a family member. Her father was also a politician. And so these are some mm. of the things that I felt like Justice Democrats like really did, particularly younger people who were really excited about this wave of candidates coming through. They, mm -hmm. they really did them a disservice because they weren't 100% honest about who 
these individuals really were. Rashida right. Tlaib, also lawyer, like these weren't working class people. Right. And if you look back at the list of the names of the people who really were working class, those people didn't get as much traction uh, in the press or promotion by Justice Democrats. That's why you don't see them in there. Right. Wow, you just opened my eyes to, to some stuff I didn't even know. Um, and that's that's absolutely like you're basically fooling the people because we're all seeing you in this one lens, and then it's totally different. Like when I I remember even talking to Tommy Nation about this because he he goes on 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 about how the, the squad sucks, and I'm like trying so hard sometimes to defend them, and I'm now I'm just like Jesus Christ. I'm totally fooled because <laughs> I'm just like, look, they just got in. They, maybe they got a long game. No, there is no long game. <laughs> they're, no. they're straight up with the club and they, they look they look appealing and they're young. It's like rebranding. The Democrats are basically rebranding um, to keep up the neoliberalism, um, basically, so they can keep the status quo. But it doesn't look like it, which makes a lot of sense. They have done this multiple times before. It's just that didn't work out with Hillary. <laughs> That's right. And I think someone like, you know, Bernie Sanders, I think, should be ashamed of himself for energizing and mobilizing hundreds and thousands of people in this country only to just walk away and forget about this so-called movement right. uh, and leave the people stranded just so he could remain to be senator. And one of the things that never made sense to me at his age, Bernie Sanders can easily just retire. Right. So why right. is he still there? You know, like wh why is he afraid to push back against the Democratic Party? And he's he's supposed to be the independent. So I think, right. you know, this is just such a sham. And I feel sorry for all the people who volunteered hours, uh, phone banking for these candidates, knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick from. RBN actually quit his job to canvas for Bernie Sanders in South Carolina. You know, these, there are a lot of sacrifices that wow. people made right. to make sure that these individuals won so that they can fight for these issues. And they are very snobby now. They don't talk to us the way that they used to when they were running for office. They have an ego. They're really cocky now. Uh, and that's just speaking to their own constituents. Right. And so... You know, it's it's kind of like once they got in, like they just they don't care anymore. They don't right. really care. And that's that's sad. Yeah. And, but, you know, now let's talk about what we can do as a people, because we got a lot going on in this day and age. While these depressing Democrats are just sapping up all the the the, um, the progressive air that can actually come to to fruition and stuff. Well, we have Teamsters. I'm a Teamster. Team, I'm a Teamster. Um, we got the Teamster unions fighting. We have um, work, working class people in the in the food industry now unionizing with Unite Here. Um, I have organized a little bit with Unite Here here in uh, Connecticut. They do a lot of good work. Um, I, I, I was a PSL member, and we did a coalition. Um, with them multiple times to to help the Yale students, uh, the Yale grad students uh, unionize, um, all all kinds of things. Um, the, you're you're are, are you based you're based in Chicago, right? I'm in a uh, Boston area, you're Massachusetts. Boston area. Okay, are there any like like strong worker movements that are happening there? Because I'm I'm seeing it all over the country now, and I don't know if the Democrats are going to do anything about this because it's getting very very big 
Yeah. So I know that um, with UPS, if this goes through by J- July 31st, I think it's right. supposed to be the date where they decide. So if this goes through, like they'll be striking here as well. Um, Cause we mm. also have UPS employees here. Um, some of the other strikes that have happened here, Cisco, which is a, a huge company, actually they work with a lot of restaurants. So for those of you, if you ever worked in the restaurant field, weighted tables, a mm. lot of your supplies probably came from Cisco. Mm. Um, so they were, they were on strike for quite a bit. Uh, I didn't know of, that. Wow. Yeah. Because of their wages, the teachers, the teachers union here, it's tricky because it's almost like like it's illegal technically for them to go on strike, but they still have done it. So there were teachers in Woburn, Massachusetts that went on strike, uh, different, just different cities in mm-hmm. Massachusetts that they decided to go on strike anyway, and they just paid the fine. Right. But um, you're referring to the contract that's signed um, for, right. for for viewers that my, my union uh, does that as well, too, that it's a part of the contract that we're not allowed to ever um, pick it for any reason or, or strike for any reason. Right. Um, but they they've done it anyway. And part of it was due to the fact that there were back due wages that weren't paid for these teachers. So like after the pandemic happened, there were people that were supposed to get raises. Those raises never went through. So basically it was like I think it was with the the Woburn one, like an entire year went past and these people weren't paid for the back wages. Uh, mm. Same thing with Boston public schools had this issue as well. So now the governor basically has said that it's going to take time to go through all the paperwork to see who is owed what, when and where. And mm. for me, I'm just like, no, it only takes time <laughs> to make it take time. Like right. that's something that should be priority because if right. the teachers just walk out. I mean, uh, there's who you going to replace? Exactly, there's no one to just come in and, and replace them. So I yeah. think that um, that's a big one. It's, it's been the teachers, but I think you know, for the most part, it's just I think the American people across the board have had enough, and I think yeah. the pandemic kind of showed them. Listen, this company really does not care about us. You know, the fact that people were still forced to come in in dangerous situations, like with the Amazon uh, issue yeah. that Chris Smalls often talked about. I think that uh, it brother. woke a lot of people up that like, they right. really don't care about our health or anything like that. They just want us to be worker bees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely showing. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like the only way that this is could like somehow be like savage sa- salvaged um, are like what uh, FDR did. But it was exclusive, exclusively for white people when he did it, though. But we need some type of new deal if, if, because this is going to keep continuing. I think that there's going to be a lot of wins that come out of this, and it's going to get to the point where the corporations are going to realize that they are their time of exploitation is done. Um, and we need a true. A, a true socialist democracy if anything we need something that keeps the working man to have power and within their 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 uh their jobs we need them we need to have this because if we don't you're going to see a lot more of this i i mean i had the writer strike uh, uh the writer strike guy on uh, about three weeks ago and they were t- and, and i didn't even know that writers were being paid how much they were being paid and how they're they have to do all this free labor just to get the producers to even give them attention on the matter. And it's like, you have so much, you have to take care of your house, your kids, cars, everything. Like how are they able to get by when all that is going on? It's just, 
everything is coming off. Like every the the whole bandage is just like removing itself. <laughs> and I love it because you know I love seeing working class power. So I want them to all get what they need. <laughs> No, you're right. I I totally hear you. Um, I think the writer strike, I think, is a big wake up call to people, too, because there seems to be this assumption that if you work in Hollywood, then you're rich. And that's not true. Right. Um, It was about a year ago. The production crew members uh, were threatening to go on strike. And these Mm. people work long hours uh, sometimes till two, three, four o'clock in the morning and then just enough time to drive back home, take a quick nap and then come back to the studio again you cannot do anything without the production crew and these are the people whose names are at the end of the credits uh if you're watching a movie uh their names don't stand out to you but you know the dolly grip and uh, the makeup artists the costume designers like Mm -hmm. these people are incredibly important and they're not paid as much as people would think either so again even when it comes to the movie industry which makes millions and millions of dollars there's exploitation with the workers you have actors who are making like 20 million dollars a movie but everybody else that's involved in that production of the movie isn't making anywhere near uh to that amount so i think it's 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 crazy considering it's california it's los angeles you know the cost of living report that came out this year said you need to make at least 42 dollars an hour to afford a two-bedroom rental in the la excuse me in california that's for all of california so I think that if you Jeez. have people, you know, working, particularly in Los Angeles, and they're making like eighteen, nineteen, twenty dollars an hour, that's nothing. So, yeah. and now you have the hotel workers on strike in yep. LA too, and it's yep. just this is not the American dream. Like you shouldn't have to live <laughs> two hours away from your job just because right. everywhere else close by is expensive. Because gentrification spreads. Mm-hmm. So the more people start to to relocate to a particular area, that area is also going to become expensive. This is what happened in Nashville, Tennessee. So a Nashville, Tennessee, over time, started to become the fastest growing city in the East. I have a friend that lives down there. Mm-hmm. And there was a big difference when I went there the first time. It was like 10 years ago, 10, 10 or 11 years ago. Very big difference between the population versus when I went there, went back there a couple years ago for her wedding. It is super crowded in Nashville now. It's a lot of people relocated there. And now Nashville has become expensive for the average person that lives in Tennessee. So I think that's the thing. Like relocation is not the answer. Moving, telling people to move to Raleigh, North Carolina or to move to, you know, Jacksonville, Florida or Atlanta, Georgia, like telling people to move to those places. That's not the solution. Those places, too, will also become uh, expensive. Like Tupac said, um, there's the poor is going to swallow the rich. But I think that's a paraphrase. I'm, I didn't say it right. <laughs> like this is exactly what we're going to see. I have one last question. I don't want to take more of your time. Um, um, let's talk about Biden's choice to send over cluster bombs to Ukraine. <laughs> How progressive and amazing this president is to just send over things that could kill innocent people. God. <laughs> like, I got to ha- have your thoughts on this. 
This is probably one of the most insane things Joe Biden has done during his presidency. So first and foremost, for those who are not aware, cluster bomb bombs are considered a war crime. Okay. So yeah. this is not just some simple thing that people should just shrug off and other people are speaking up about it. I saw representative Barbara Lee uh, is not happy about this, but to that, I just say, but you were totally fine with sending the billions of dollars right. to Ukraine and sending the weapons and things to them too, which is also killing innocent civilians as well. So miss me right. with all of that. But <laughs> I think that this this particular item, to send cluster bombs, that is obviously going to cause more casualties with people who are civilians. And it was actually Jen Psaki who said so herself that that is considered to be a war crime. Oh, so, she said that? Wow. Yeah, on video, on video. So Broken clock. <laughs> I know, right? So I think that I, I don't know who's advising Joe Biden at this point in time, but I feel like somebody needs to stop him here. It's obvious to you that Joe Biden is experiencing cognitive decline. He's not mm. in his right frame of mind. And the fact that he's the one that has his finger on the button to make these types of decisions in reference mm -hmm. to foreign policy, that is very scary. And I think people should be concerned. And I also yeah. think there should be some type of petition to get Joe Biden to resign because yeah. he is not in the right state uh, mentally to resume office. And you can tell by the decisions that he's making right now and the mistakes that he's making during these press conferences and everything as well, like calling people the wrong name, right. you know, falling down. It's just, it's embarrassing at this point and it makes the U.S. look weak. Right. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about Elliot Abrams, just, wow, like, really. And he's always saying in his speeches, people should notice this. He says, they told me I have to come here and talk about this. Who is they? Is it the damn Pentagon? Like, who is that guy that always walking with you? He's not. He's literally just saying and doing everything that they, they asked him to do. He's a yes man. Like, straight up yes man. <laughs> it's always a, a, a they, but they never tell you who they is supposed to be. Right. Right. So it's it's really scary and concerning. And I feel like they're trying to escalate this conflict with Russia yeah. and Ukraine, which is not what we need uh, no. to happen at all. So whoever wins in, in 2024, they're going to have a lot of mess to clean up. A lot of mess. Yeah. Because this the fact of them getting cluster bombs just telling me is that Ukraine, the Kiev regime is losing very, very bad. This is something that is a last resort and they are losing hope. So of course mm -hmm. they're going to do as much war crimes they can before the last hoo-ha. And maybe this will go on for like how Afghanistan went on. Do you think it'll be as long as Afghanistan or do you think, because if that, that happens, it might end up being like how what happened with North and South Korea, just a whole standstill. I feel like because there seems to be, an increase in pushback in reference to this particular conflict. I feel like it probably won't last 20 years like Afghanistan did. People are more vocal now. Um, also, we have to think about social media. Social media is much more mm -hmm. popular now than it was. True. So there's there's that as well. Um, yeah. But again, like the answer is to elect someone who's anti-war. Yeah. The the answer is not to hope that Joe Biden does the right thing, right? right? I said this the same thing about the student loan debt. That's the answer is not not to depend yeah. on hoping Joe Biden can fix this and do the right thing. The answer is to elect someone 
who actually right. is consistent with those values and has practiced that for pretty much most of their career. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely well said. And I think that's the best way to end this because that's 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 what people should worry about being anti-war and being peaceful. And peace is such a dirty word <laughs> nowadays. So we need to undirty that word and clean it up and make it acceptable because that's the only way we can survive as human race, you know. Um Sabi Sabes, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um where where can people see your work? Um, the Black Revo the the Revolutionary Black Network, Blackout Network. I don't know why I have a hard time saying that, <laughs> but um, is there's a Twitter? Um, you can send me some links and I'll just put it in the detail. But is there any anyone any platforms you want to shout out on for the best work? Yeah. So, um. So Rev for Revolutionary Blackout Network, you can find us on Twitter at Rev Black uh, Network. And you can also find us on YouTube at Revolutionary Blackout Network. And the same thing with Rumble and Rockfin under the same name. Uh, we also have a Substack too. So the Substack, you'll if you sign up for the Substack, you'll get notifications every time we go live. And you can find me on my channel at Savvy Sabs. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, and have a really, really good day. <laughs> Thank you. And for everybody, like, share, subscribe. Um, the goal for Instagram is 2,000 followers and the goal for tiktok is 500 followers um definitely be a part of the conversation and i'll see you all later have a really good day blank period yeah i'm a black brown and indigenous gotta holla if you really feeling this gotta holla if you really real enough other rappers is delirious yeah it's really that serious better holla if you really feeling me i gotta keep it a hundred hey if you don't like it then fuck it hey we gonna win in the end, yeah, we gonna live in abundance. Ooh, I gotta keep it a hundred, ayy. If you don't like it, then fuck it, ayy. We gonna win in the end, yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we living. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting 